That's nice. What are we listening to, Daniel? This is uh, Christ in the Mount of Olives, uh, composed by the one and only Beethoven. Dang. Yeah, I think this is a really great example of, uh, you know, kind of uh, inspired art um, by Christians, for Christians, uh, you know, to inspire awe in, in God. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's a great topic to talk about, about, you know, this was composed back in the early 1800s and kind of where Christian media is today. Wow. What do you think, Trish? Should we talk about that? I'm definitely awe-inspired, so yeah, let's dig into that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 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 we should have a montage of all of our guests doing that. <laughs> Welcome to the Tipsy Theology Podcast. We got a special episode for you. This is the first time that me and Paul have both been on the show for <laughs> a, a guest episode. So why don't, why don't our guest oh, wow. introduce himself? Introduce uh, yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, as all guests do. Of course. Uh, hello, my name is Daniel. Uh, I am a uh, filmmaker, artist from uh, the state of Ohio, and... Um, I'm here to kind of talk about, you know, my perspective on uh, Christian media as yeah. I am a Christian who makes art. Uh, and hopefully at some point in my career, you know, I'll be making some Christian art. Yeah. And Daniel's also uh, one of my best and closest friends in the whole world. Aww. And he's here to talk about <laughs> Christian media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. <laughs> But anyway, before Daniel, we get into it... Daniel, let me ask oh, you go. before we get into it. Sorry to cut you off, Paul. Well, we're going to start pouring shots, so you can oh, ask yeah. him. This well, that's the, the thing. I was going to ask him, like, are you okay with, with that? Did you sign the disclaimer? Oh, or? Yeah. Uh, okay <laughs> with what? The uh, shot disclaimer. We, uh, we, we have I to guess ask. So. We have okay. to ask. You, you For drove, legal reasons. You drove me here, so uh, yes. Yes, I am fully <laughs> aware, and I am not under any um, narcotics in any way that I... Um, you uh, did just take an Advil, though. I that sounded oh, really I suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I just took pills. <laughs> I'm just... The, it opens with me like reading a piece of paper. Like, I am not under the influence of drugs in any way that I fully <laughs> sign off on taking three shots. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to do this one last. Okay. I think it'd be fun. Okay. Because it's like we have BT, and we're going into more BT. <laughs> yeah, I true, wish I had true. some Buffalo Trace with me right now. So be we're nice. going to start with... Let's start with this one. Okay, because if that one's the worst, let's start with the worst. It so might be. We can hopefully, if it's bad, we can wash it out of our... So uh, this, as you know, Trey and I are like huge vodka people. <laughs> nope. And so I went out and bought a bottle of vodka. Because <laughs> the bottle looked really pretty. It says Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh. Well, he was as- an artist. Acai blueberry. Perfect. Wow, yeah, so we're good. very much into like the art, the art side of it. Ooh, and it's oh, purple. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, it's purple go. vodka? Yeah, because the blueberry right. and the acai. I feel like a, a white little like basic white girl when I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's like a salad, but vodka. <laughs> 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 but Trey, you're not doing shots with us. You got some? Oh, yeah, he's got I some. Got a shot right shot? Here. It's, yeah. There it is, he is. It is vodka. That it's, is Russian right. vodka. It's, it's just yes, potato cheers. vodka. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Mm. 
I I like that. Mm. It's actually not bad. Yeah, it, oh. I definitely taste the blueberry, but it's not it's not overwhelming. Yeah, the vodka, like the the alcohol flavor, you feel it, but you don't taste any of it. That that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and that's the best thing that can happen to vodka is you don't taste it. <laughs> <laughs> you do feel it. You do feel it. Yeah, so I think that's kind of fun. Okay, I now, might I what, might drink some more of that. What do we have next? So this one is Fernet. This is the the other one. Trey and I had this <laughs> last time. I don't know what we're doing with that one. We had the Menta. This is the Branca. Bron- you had it last Bronca. time. Bronca. Yeah, I didn't have so it this one's got like. Oh, that's true. I had it last time. You're right. Dang it! Yeah. I keep forgetting. I so know. sad. It's like I'm there. It is. <laughs> it's like you're here. So this is like just a whole bunch of herbs and stuff. Mm. I think it's a. Is it a? I don't oh, know what wow. the base yeah, is. That- that's got an interesting smell to it. But it's like, yeah, like everything you can imagine is in you're, there. I know you've already done this a lot on the podcast, but you're going to hear that a lot this episode. is. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> that's huh. something we say hmm. every interesting. 10 seconds probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but hey, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Trey. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to you. Yeah. Mmm. I'm going to say that one was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because I actually really like it. I don't like it's that. It's powerful because there's a lot. Yeah. That, um, you ever get those cough medicines that, like, have the herbs inside? It's a know? little like that, yeah. That feels like that was liquid, like the herbs, if you just made them a a drink. That's what <laughs> I just had. I Well, initially, I think it was, like, use it for, like, medicinal stuff. Cause yeah, it's just yeah. A whole bunch of herbs, so, like, you're sick. Take a shot of that. <laughs> yeah, so my only my only memory is, like, tasting that is whenever I'm sick and feeling horrible. Oh. So literally, as it's going down, I'm just so like, just oh, had, like... yes, I remember having Oh, yes, throat. I'm sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, oh. so it's funny because, so my cousin um, likes to take a shot of it typically every night, like, after meals and stuff. Because mm. after you eat and then you take a shot of that, you feel like you hadn't eaten yet. <laughs> it's really weird. Like I, I need a palate cleanser with some, some potato chips. Some russet, right? <laughs> chips. Yeah, dark russet potatoes. Can you hear this, Troy? Oh, I hear it very well. I'm I'm really <laughs> jealous. Well, hey, those are those are like the best chips. Hey, he knows. I haven't even. Hey, had, no, they I, really are. They are they're so good. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, crazy. before y'all take the shot, I, I have one more question I want to get into. You know, because we do this podcast, uh, and the more controversial element of it is the drinking part. So I, I want to ask you, what is a good and healthy approach to alcohol? What, what's your take? Um, I think alcohol should be enjoyed uh, and never used as a, uh, a treatment for just about anything. Unless yeah. maybe it's like, I don't know, you're treating yeah. a wound. Or, <laughs> or maybe you're like on the battlefield, and the only thing someone has is a flask right before they're about to cut what your about leg heart off. You know, wounds, Daniel. What about heart wounds? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if you're like really sad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's totally the optimal time to like really, you know, let yourself. Yeah, I just feel like you should never. Actually, be... After that answer, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> should I? Yeah, my my approach is like I never consume alcohol when I'm in a vulnerable state. If it's ever yeah. there. To treat um, yeah. an issue, then that's the last time I should be uh, uh, I should be consuming it. But when I'm in a good state, then uh, yeah, I'm all for it. 
and never Good to uh, yeah, never to a like totally drunkenness level. If I black out, I yeah. also think I went too far. <laughs> well, so um, with James, our last guest we had on. Our good friend Jameson. <laughs> um, one of the things he was talking about was he's like he's uncomfortable drinking in public because of the image that it it can present to some people. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Obviously you're drinking in public right now. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh that's that is a good question. I think um yeah, again, it's like I to me I think of like the the sophisticated man like drinking a brandy or something like that. And I'm okay with uh mm. An image of again it being like a treat enjoyed during a good time, um, but like yeah, if I'm out there getting drunk on like cheap beer and I'm putting out an image of like alcohol being used uh, irresponsibly like that, then yeah, I probably would be uncomfortable. Uh, okay, drinking in public in but like, like a setting. As an overall, you're like I'm fine if people see me drinking, but <sighs> yeah, yeah, just I the context so. of yeah, what I, it looks. I'm okay with people seeing me drinking. Like at least like this. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I've just approached it. So. Well, anyway, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old Buffalo Trace, dude. That's the original vanilla. <laughs> all right, and then uh, Paul. He's just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work later. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're going on vacation. <laughs> but hey, you gave us a request today for what you want to drink. Uh, I wanted to drink. I've had a Moscow mule, mm-hmm. but then I actually just learned about the idea of a Kentucky mule, which sounds way better because instead of vodka, it's my favorite, which is whiskey. So yeah, uh, it sounds like the best of both worlds. So we have Kentucky mules today. And I'm jealous Kentucky because... Mule. Trey's glass looks cool way up. better than ours. Yeah, I'm jealous yeah. of Trey's of Trey's cup there. The hammered copper right there. Yeah. But Trey, what did you use for your bourbon? So we use Buffalo Trace. Uh, I used my, my Chattanooga bourbon, my Chattanooga whiskey. Ooh. Because mm. that's all I got Sound- right now. You have to share some of that this week. <laughs> yeah, I can bring it if you want. We'll I'm have- bringing I'm bringing my Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be a yeah, it'll be oh, a great bring time. The, of- uh, <laughs> bring the absinthe. Do not forget the yes. Absinthe. Yes, I've been wanting to I've been wanting to try that so bad. So for my birthday, Trey got me a bottle of absinthe with like a gorgeous spatula. <laughs> yeah, Trey and Chloe came through on that. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. I know what you need. It was and it had a picture of Van Gogh on the front too. I was like, this why, how does this get better? <laughs> but I'm very excited to try it. Yeah, no, it looks it looks beautiful. Well, I was telling Daniel earlier when we went out and bought the Buffalo Trace, I was like, you know, it's funny because I feel like the last few times Trey and I have like it was a weird episode where we cried. We've had absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and after my experience recounting silence to you, that's probably uh, not a good idea. <laughs> so uh, the all absinthe show is going to be a little interesting when we do that one. <laughs> it's just going to be a cry all fest. absinthe all the nothing time. but absinthe. <laughs> but hey. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Wait, how do we do this before? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> I've got to like go. <laughs> oh. Click. Click. <laughs> Click. <laughs> that, uh, that ice definitely melted in there. Mm. Yeah, I kind of watered it down a little bit. Oh, like a lot. Oh, that's good. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I know how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, yeah. that, Paul, that'll warm it up. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to transport some ice in it. 
It melted. <laughs> yeah. Do you want? I I think we have another uh, ginger beer. I can pour some of that in there. That'll bring some of the bubbles back at least. Okay. Yeah. But okay, I won't move. <laughs> but anyway, Christian media. Yeah, Christian media. Yes. Yeah, it makes so... me laugh because uh, it's popular. It's like Nickelback. It's popular to hate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a there's a big effort in the '90s to kind of like make it cool and make it mainstream. <laughs> like, and, what if uh, it was hip? And the out, yeah, the fallout of that today is uh, yeah, you. it's Nickelback. But I'll say I'll say for myself and Trey, I want to hear you say your thoughts about it overall, and then we'll let the experts start talking. <laughs> but I know for me, it's like okay, so there's a it's a huge range of things. Even trying to define it is kind of confusing. But I guess when I typically think of Christian media, I think of we think of the really pop, like mainstream Christian artists, mm-hmm. in, and then Christian movies like the <laughs> I don't know if I can name names. I guess I can. Like you know, like like the God's Not Dead or um, like Fire Fireproof. Oh yeah, and, like, Fireproof. What is the yeah. one Flywheel? Like those guys. I don't know Flywheel. I think it's the same dude. Okay, they all but, like the kind of pure flicks and yeah crowd. Yeah, yeah. I think know. of that stuff when it comes to movies. When it comes to music, it's like, oh, what do they play on the radio? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got yeah. like Francesca the... Battistelli or like Mercy Me and Mike's Chair. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> like, whatever's on the fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think of stuff like that, and I've got a, I've got a lot of opinions, but overall, it's like overall, it's a little cringe. Yeah, yeah, I think the word to describe it usually is cringe. But Trey, what do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh I think cringe is the right word to use there. And I think it's also like there there Christian media is so much larger than 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 those those popular stuff on the radio and and the God's not dead fireproof type movies that you were talking about. But at the same time, those are also the most popular manifestations of Christian media. Yeah. So it, it's worthwhile to critique them and to study them and, and try to understand what's going on with why do you, why do they think this is a good way to express the faith, right? Why? Do they, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to. Like, let's just get shove it down their rant. throat. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. There's and time I will for say, that. From my ex- from my experience, my least favorite genre of movies and music are are the the christian type but yeah my most favorite are are those that my favorite music and my favorite movies are those that are not nominally christian like not not mm. christian media but often they're created by by christians but it's this yeah. implicit religious theme that comes through that's what that's what strikes me as awe-inspiring really moving hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah it uh it's interesting how there we go already <laughs> interesting <laughs> my my first man my first words opening up can we put um, a counter <laughs> a counter yeah, yeah. down it's the ding um but yeah the way that you're talking about um how and i hear this from a lot of of christians of being like some of the best um christian media or like um christian values comes from non-christian sources or it might be an artist but they're making something that that is not explicitly uh you know evangelizing or something like that and um Hmm. i do think that that is uh that is pretty common amongst a lot of people that um it's usually when it's not 
purposefully trying to, you know, we've, we use the word propaganda. It's not purposely trying to, um, you know, send out like almost a political message in a way. Yeah. Uh, is where you find true art, true beauty, true, um, true messages of, of someone's values. So, yeah. It's, it's funny because I know when it comes to, I think I've heard this, I heard someone telling me about this in interviews. So this is like third hand news at this point. <laughs> but I thought it was like the guy who made a lot of those like very popular Christian movies. One of the things that he said, he's like, I'm not trying to make a good movie. I'm trying to make a sermon in a movie format. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, that changes it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I do know there was, um, there was a, a presentation done by one of the guys who worked with uh, the producers on like Fireproof and those types of movies. And I think, yeah. God, I think God's Not Dead as well. And he said how they, they pers- personally identify and they, they fully admit this that they're like, we're not filmmakers, we are mm-hmm. not artists, we are preachers, and we are making sermons as movies. And so in that, it is already on its own removed itself. From trying whole to genre, yeah, of trying yeah. to be an attempt at like an artistic expression, yeah, purely being a um, a vehicle for like a political message. Mm. So yeah, well, especially with with God's Not Dead, like that movie specifically, <laughs> <laughs> you start out with this straw man atheist professor who. <laughs> does not have the real true arguments that those types of people in real life are bringing. Mm-hmm. And then you and my favorite this, is like Christ- the premise of it alone would never happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the premise of like a, it, a, 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 like he's like, we're going to throw the curriculum out and you need to write down a piece of paper. God's not dead. It's like, all right, it's an interesting story, but that would never happen in real life. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh-oh. I, uh-oh. I have uh-oh. a similar. Oh. <laughs> Right, no way! Is... No way! <laughs> Just throw my argument away. So when I was going to, um, actually, <laughs> this is funny now because I was so conservative at the time. It made me mad. But when I was in high school, I did some dual enrollment at the community college, and I had a professor who I, I couldn't stand, so I dropped his class. And then I found out a week later that he made the students write down "F Donald Trump" on no a piece way. of paper. Oh. So that's as close as I, of a story as I can get. Wow, but, that one makes I mean, more sense though compared to the that two. That one makes <laughs> it makes a lot more sense, but at the same I can time, see that still not warranted. Over... Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. That's that's a. I feel like that's sort of an abuse of power and yeah, right. teacher. Exactly. Yeah, in, exactly. a, in a position of being a teacher. Um, but and Trey's like, it's not that I don't want to write it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Whatever my opinions are, it's kind of I do feel uncomfortable that you're forcing all these people in this room to do it. No, <laughs> at the, the time contrarian. it made me mad. But yeah. a couple of years ago, I, I remembered that and I was like, you know what? And I got a piece of paper and I wrote it down <laughs> and I sent him it in a <laughs> And you mailed it to Donald Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, He's like, what is this? <laughs> Anyways, um, but, I didn't. But yeah, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I know we were kind of um, talking about like going back to the origin, sort of try and, you know, of course, like a good Christian movie, <laughs> we're going to try and solve the problem. But uh, unlike uh, all these other Christian movies, I don't know if we'll have a solid answer, but we can provide our perspective. And, um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, a good 
note that I kind of came away with when I was trying to do my research coming into this, the little bit that I did, um, was that, you know, uh, throughout history, it was like you had these great artists, you know, mm-hmm. Beethoven, Michelangelo, Leonardo, you know, every great artist worked for the church. Now, that was for both economic reasons as well as um, as faith reasons, as well as political reasons. Yeah. Uh, with a theocracy that kind of ruled at the time. But at the end of the day, when those churches, you know, um, commissioned art to be done, I think a big uh, consistent theme that you saw was that the goal was first to impress and inspire awe in those who saw it and witnessed it yeah and um to do that was to be like let's make some of the best most beautiful looking art that'll stand for centuries you know um and there was a shift that happened and i don't know i've heard a lot of claims but i haven't been able to find a lot of like solid evidence um and i'm i'm sure Mm. it's out there that the shift happened during like um United States evangelicalism uh, in its early years of a shift from that being like, we are first here to make, you know, beautiful, awe-inspiring art uh, and shifting over to let us use art to evangelize the gospel. Oh. And uh, and in that shift, in that fundamental shift as an artist, I know that, uh, and we'll get into this uh, moving forward, but like when when you suddenly start to like, restrict it to a very like specific way that it has to be said and it has to be put um you're you're already setting yourself up for for failure at the very least you're making it way more difficult to uh to create something of of artistic merit yeah well so i'll i'll ask too so removing the idea of like the propaganda side of it we're just talking about the art because there are people Mm -hmm. out there that you know, regardless of like the you know the God's not dead people who are like clearly just t- making sermons into yeah, you know yeah. movies. It's like there are people making just as equal quality, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter the budget. Like there are some people. Some of those movies have like several million dollars budget. Yeah, and some people have like a couple hundred bucks as a budget. <laughs> but yeah. It's like the quality is about the same overall. <laughs> so yeah. it's like so with that, it's like okay, mm-hmm. so let's look at the art side of it. Mm-hmm. It's like what what is involved with that making the art. And you just mean this in general? Not yeah, just, just in general. Well, so we'll 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 talk about movies right now, since that's yeah, great. yeah. So my so my background is is filmmaking, um, and I've made uh, well, I've made I've been like the cinematographer and sort of like a, a production assistant and stuff on small independent films and stuff in Ohio, and so from my experience, I know, and I've said this before, that it's like, okay, you start out with the goal of you want to make a film, right? Just just a feature length film. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's already very difficult to do. Okay, yeah. I haven't even brought in the word. I want to make a good or like a quality, you know, feature <laughs> film. It's just you want to make something that's like, let's say, an hour and a half long. That is alone like a huge task. Now you want it to be a film with a narrative and it has actors in it. Okay, so now you got to find people who are willing to act in your movie. People who are, you know, someone who's willing to hold a boom pole. You know, you have to pay these people. Um, you have to find someone who's, you know, good at photography and can make it look nice. These are already difficult challenges. And you'll find that, you know, we talk about bad Christian films. Uh, there are plenty of terrible movies that came out just last year (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, were not Christian films. Ohio, or sorry, uh, Hollywood produces them, you know, all the time. Yeah. And so... 
now you already see that Ohio. Uh, I keep saying Ohio. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ohio has Just a big beat up on Ohio here. <laughs> but Hollywood already has a very difficult challenge of making good movies. You know, you can listen to tons of film critics talking about all the issues with Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing. You know, originality is dead, and they just make sequels and they just make remakes and stuff like that. Even the that. thing with like color correcting, it's like as simple as that. Yeah. It's like there's people went on massive tirades for months about like, oh, they didn't color correct these videos. Yeah, these like, yeah, yeah. There's a whole debate about like the coloring of the Marvel movies and stuff. Yeah. So on top of all that, right? This is just purely on like a, a statistical level. Now you add on. So we already know that Hollywood struggles with that. You add on an additional modifier of it has to promote Christian values. Okay, well, you've already taken this incredibly difficult challenge and made it even harder <laughs> yeah. because now the the pool of talent that you can reach out to has been restricted. Yeah. And uh, the goal that you're trying to do has shifted from I want to make a good movie, a quality movie, a movie that, you know, um, is artistic or has artistic merit to I want a movie that does that but does it in this specific way that <laughs> it um you know you're just already sort of I wouldn't say you're setting yourself up for failure. I do think it's possible, but you are making it so so incredibly difficult. I don't even think mm. it's like on a you know a factor of 2. I think it's like a factor of 10 that or more that you are, you know, uh making that even more difficult. And so the people who are you you're, you're going to find who um are like, yeah, I want to make a Christian movie, a Christian movie, a Christian, a film that, you know, inspires Christian values and are also, uh, yeah, so they're just, just alone that are willing to do that are going to be like very stark evangelicalist, you know, the type of people mm. who are going to want to make like a movie like God's Not Dead. Um, but then to find artists who want to explore these ideas and ask questions and tackle more difficult uh yeah, more difficult subjects, you you have to cast a wider net, you know, to find those people. Yeah. So that that just purely on like a, an economic level, you know, already sort of, I think, explains some of why Christian media is bad. But obviously we can go deeper into the the criticism of like what, you know, songs and movies are, are trying to accomplish is already sort of uh, yeah, because it seemed yeah. like there was there was a point where it kind of fell behind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you've got you've got basically religion leading the way as far as art goes. They're they're constructing these gorgeous buildings. They're making this fantastic art. This you know this incredible masterpieces, and then all of a sudden it's like popular culture, secular culture. We'll even say is like that kind of caught up and then progressed forward. And it seemed like Christian religious media kind of like fell behind, and in, now we're kind of in a place where it's just copying what is what's what's good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we have Mad Max, and then you have Waterworld, which is you know not a Christian <laughs> movie, but it's like, all right, what if we had Mad Max but it was water? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you have Pure Flicks, like, what if we had Mad Max but it's awful? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Revelation Road. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like it's funny. It's like why why does it seem like we see these artists it's like you know there's an industry behind it too let's not mm -hmm. ignore that but it's like instead of being like hey why don't we get back to the forefront of creating there's like what if we just copy what's good and just make it not as good <laughs> so i think you're really hitting on a point here that i wanted to mention which is like you're just talking about architecture right and yeah like the beautiful kind of gothic churches that we had back in the day um now you know you look at 
like maybe a Hillsong church. Ooh, um, <laughs> you'll notice that you know these mega churches and sort of the uh, the business mindset because you know church is a business. Um, yeah, that these mega churches have is quantity. You know, it's all about mass and uh, and just volume. So these churches start to just get more and more like a box. You know, how many people can we fit in here? Mm. Um, how many, you know, how many services can we have? Like kind of people coming through. Um, it's less about uh, quality of salvation and more about quantity of salvation. Hmm. You know, you think about when you were a kid or something or you go to like these, um, uh you know, these kind of like youth events or something where they would want to kind of be like, you know, oh, so many people were saved tonight, you know, or so many people were saved last week. And I don't yeah. ever want to criticize someone's salvation or kind of like, you know, um, you know, put it down or something like that. But you do know that some of those people might have said something in a moment. But if you kind of follow them, you know, even just a few weeks later, there wasn't much change that happened, you know, and it was like there's like sort of that um, in some churches and really in a lot of churches, there's that focus more on numbers and volume than there is on on quality of relationships. Because we care more about hearing someone say what we want them to say as opposed to following up and discipling that person mm -hmm. who claims something. Yeah. And uh, and changing hearts and minds. And yeah. Uh, is a much more well i mean you had an episode on kind of like you know um uh uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on the word um <laughs> not not uh being a psychologist but being a counselor counseling yeah, yeah. you know it's like that is uh that is not as like oh well how do i change someone to make them better you know or like how do i <laughs> you know what questions do i do i ask them to like make them you know completely change and be a different person you know that's you're already you're going into it with the wrong wrong mindset. Sort yeah. Of. So um uh in a similar way. It's like, you know, how do we how do we make a movie that, you know, sort of like not just uh brings people to Christ, you know, but it's like how do we make someone, yeah. you know, believe in our Christ? So I just I want to go back to architecture for a second, because that's I think it especially with like this is just coming to me with the mega church. But but thinking of these these beautiful cathedrals that were being built in like in the time of Christ up until you know Protestantism, I mean, there's a couple of things that we could explain for why churches are the way they are now. Like, like the Protestant sure. churches, pro the Protestant church has a much lower emphasis on beauty in general, and therefore in their architecture, mm. it, it it explains it, it shows that it reveals that. But also, this is really upsetting me with the megachurch is they don't take the time to build a beautiful building. They they take the time to build a building they can fit as many people in as possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. because, and why, why should they build a beautiful building? Like these cathedrals would take 100 years to build because <laughs> yeah. they yeah. were deeply – because there was something deeply significant about the building itself and how it pointed toward toward the absolute God. Mm. But with these megachurches, we don't need to build a beautiful quality building. We just need to build an efficient building because in 20 years mm -hmm. when the pastor steps down, that church is just going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Right. Because mm -hmm. the megachurch is, is <laughs> yeah. built up around this pastor. A singular person. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that too. You made me think about even the whole argument and kind of concept about you know making something flashy 
So it's like, you know, we have the people. It's like, yeah, we see these gorgeous buildings with like incredibly ornate stained glass windows and like, you know, railings or whatever it is. Ceilings are like really intricate. And we're like, that is that's beautiful. That's awe inspiring. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a light and a fog machine on stage, <laughs> it's like, how dare you, you Satan worshiper? <laughs> and it, it's interesting with that. It's it's a it's kind of like it's it's a, it's something I'm thinking about right now as we're talking. But it's like, isn't that kind of the same thing? Because people are like, oh, we don't want anything that'll distract. We just want a building that we can fit people in. We don't want anything that'll distract them. Mm-hmm. But so it's like it's viewed as a bad thing to have, um, like a production, you know, any amount mm-hmm. of production when you're when you're doing worship or doing a service. Yeah. Um, I would. But it's like, couldn't you? Couldn't you? S- yeah, please. Uh, I'm kind I, of just I think, fleshing this out. Well, I one, I would say the point of the architectural beauty, the stained glass, all of these things. And I don't want to diss like the fog machines. I think they're cool. They're fun. I don't care. I, could <laughs> oh, I care think less, they're really right? cool. I'm yeah. I, again. I'm still kind of figuring out what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just qualify those two things in completely different categories because the purpose mm. of these intricate designs and, and this beautiful stained glass is to point you toward God. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the the point of the architecture of a church building and all of it, all of it is supposed to, and and we see this in Catholic churches and Orthodox churches in the way mm-hmm. we can tell a Catholic, uh, we can tell Catholic theology and Orthodox theology by the design of their building. Like step inside right. a Catholic building, yeah. it's designed in the shape of a cross, and then on the walls you're going to see the stages of the cross. You're going to see right. the stained glass images of of the Passion of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then you step inside an Orthodox church, and when you look up, you're going to see Jesus. Like yeah. it points yeah. you, it points you to Christ. Yeah, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Machines don't do churches that. are sort of they're sort of shaped like a dome. Yeah, right? they have this yeah. dome, yeah. and then at the the top of the dome they have a painting mm-hmm. of Christ, and you look up and yeah. you see you see Christ. Yeah, the fog machines that... don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so it's it's interesting. I guess that's a very interesting point, and that does kind of change the way I'm thinking about this. But I think overall, I'm kind of thinking about the idea of like creating a. It's like you're creating a moment for people. So it's like when you walk mm-hmm. into a building, you see like, oh my gosh, here are like these incredible stained glass windows that tell an incredible story. It's like that creates a moment of awe for me of like, I'm standing in awe of who God is mm-hmm. and just the the best that we can do to to identify, you know, to relate to that in some way. Yeah. The best we humanly can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in a sense you could, again, it can be used wrongly. <laughs> it's like, I feel like in a sense of like, if you have like a, a, a good production, it can point you to a moment of like, wow, I, this is you know, awe inspiring of who mm-hmm. God is. And you just happen to use some lights to get me there. <laughs> yeah. Now, Trey, wasn't that a debate early on with, uh, with churches that sort of created a separation of um, the uh, using imagery or like uh, creating the image of God? That. This was this was a big deal in, in, when when the Protestant movement broke out. Oh, the Protestants fought about it all the time. I, I couldn't tell you anything about anything the Catholics or the, the Orthodox people are saying, but I know like Calvin and Zwingli and and Luther got into it over this stuff because they, I, I, I and I couldn't really t- instrumentally Zwingli was against instruments altogether. He was like, no mm. instruments, they completely distract. Calvin mm. and Luther were more chill, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and it's funny how, I don't know, like, and maybe he had more, you know, of an argument there, but it's even funny, like, you know, you think about, like, the trumpets that you're going to hear, you know, and it's like, 
there's all these references to sound and music and and images that um you know yeah. all these uh all these visions and uh that the you know the the prophets had or like you know that Paul had and you're you're reading these books in both the old and new testament that are very visual very you mm-hmm. know descriptive and um inspire imagery in your mind that then it's like no 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 no, no. like we're not <laughs> you know we're not going to try and even tackle that in any sort of way yeah so i and mean i think that's go ahead go Paul. for it go for it Trey. no go for it no I, I think that is that is to our our demise that we that we think in those ways because i don't think we realize how how much of an effect that 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 the arts have on us like to mm-hmm. me personally the arts have a larger effect on me than than sermons do where where they're just mm-hmm. laying out the the dogma of the religion of how we should live right things yeah. that affect me more are paintings and novels and music mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. draw me closer to god yeah well so so that's where i'm kind of going into it a little bit so i'm glad you said that <laughs> that's a perfect segue you're welcome. kind of back yeah, into it's like perfect (laughs) like you know back into media so it's like okay so we have we see the effect that art has on people you know because there's the whole argument of like oh is it distractive or manipulative you know it's like oh you can play this thing or you can you know show this thing it'll affect people a certain way we know that it'll Mm -hmm. do that and it's like we see the impact that media has Mm-hmm. But then it's funny because it can also have the very negative impact. Yeah. So it's like if you, like you said, it's like art is more effective to you in a lot of ways than a sermon is. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like instead of someone just being like A B, you're just like show me some, show me some interest in you know intricate yeah. stuff in here. Um, whereas like a good movie can do that. Mm-hmm. So this is this is something I was really excited to talk about. Is like I was trying yeah. to see it up for you. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're absolutely right in that, you know, experiences is really what kind of like shifts and makes us open our mind to things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a great Christian film that we were talking about earlier is something like Silence, right? Uh, Martin Scorsese's yeah. film about, um, you know, Portuguese uh, Catholic priests uh, trying to spread the gospel in Japan, um, mm-hmm. I think in the, uh, I want to say like 1600s. Um, about that time, yeah. So... Imagine if you distilled the message of this film down into a sermon, right? And you just were sitting there for 40 minutes uh, in a church, and you had one guy sort of explaining this story to you and uh, and wrapping it up, you know, in a message of like, and so you know what that means? Like, never, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, let go of your faith. You know, like that's sort of like, and, and you everybody kind of claps and says amen, and everybody like leaves, you know? Uh, but now imagine spending almost three hours. The film's about two and f- two hours and forty minutes. So imagine spending about three hours witnessing that. You know, mm-hmm. and it's beautifully photographed and beautifully acted, performed and written mm. um, piece of art that puts you in that situation. Which is so much of what like preachers try and do is they always try and bring you back to you know the suffering of christ and you know you guys really don't remember what it was like you know and they're always trying to be descriptive and always trying to remind people like no this is how bad it was right so in the same way that's what this film is trying to really show you like it's like okay yeah but what if you you know 
it's like, okay, yeah, you say you wouldn't die or you would die for Christ or you would die for your faith. But now imagine you know, six other people are suffering and you aren't. Would you, you know, let praying, others die for your faith? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's one thing to ask that question. Now let's explore it through art, yeah. through film, through yeah. performance. Um, that experience is what can really open someone's mind. And, and you can tell, like, I get passionate about it because that is the power of film is like yeah. this just attempt at having people have an experience that really can be mind altering and really can people uh, have people have like this empathetic experience to someone else's, um, uh, you know, viewpoint. And so, yeah, yeah with what you're saying about, um, you know, why is it that? you know, film can do that or art can do that, but, you know, kind of sermons can't. Uh, I think that is that is the importance. And in the same way, outside of Christian media, secular media has the same problem. Um, have you ever heard of, like, magician comedians or musician comedians? No. <laughs> uh, that was, like, a big thing. Now, you know, we talk about, like, there's a lot of bad Christian media in the 90s. Well, yeah. to be fair, the 90s had a lot of bad experimentation. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the problems... I mean, over every aspect. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just in the Christian realm. And, and one of the problems was uh, you if you went in the world of like stand-up comedy, you had music musician comedians and you had uh, magi magician comedians. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, and there was, it was a huge thing, magician comedians. And it was like, hey, you're not a really funny stand-up? Learn a magic trick. Oh, you're not a really funny... Or you're not a really good magician? Learn a dick joke. <laughs> and that Do you have to was... bleep that? <laughs> and that, that was a huge, like, industry for a very short time because it was a gimmick. That's what it was. It was a gimmick. Yeah. And um, in the same way, I can understand how certain critics would be like, oh, these things distract, right? Because at times they can be used to distract from a poor message, right? It's like, oh, God is great. God is great. Oh, I'm going to play this beautiful melody to kind of like say God is great. You know, um, yeah. that, that can totally be done. And uh, that could be a poor or a misuse of, of those uh, artistic mediums. But uh, you can also at the same time. So uh, a great example is like I remember I was um, hearing one terrible uh, – a bit of a comedian who's like playing the piano and trying to make like a very racist joke and it was like the joke does not work to begin with uh on top of it being racist like oh, like just um bluntly and then he's just like saying this thing and then like playing the piano and then like says something and then like plays the piano and it's just it's <laughs> it not it's like from so it. bad it's so cringe and that is like yeah the piano is being used there to distract from the joke Hmm. Uh, or try and like soften the edges of it, but then you have someone like uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Bo Burnham, mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. but he's yeah. Uh, yeah he's sort of a musician comedian, and uh, he had that special that just got released on Netflix. Uh, that was mm -hmm. Inside, I think it was Inside. Inside, yeah, yeah um, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a, that was great. And um, you know, take like the song that he does about like Welcome to the Internet. You know, yeah. you that could be a comedic bit, but. If it was just him being like, yeah, the Internet's pretty crazy and, you know, kind of blah, 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 it would not nearly have the same impact of this song that sort of like helps right. and is used as an instrument, as a vehicle to guide you through these ideas. So it is reinforcing and improving uh, a concept, not distracting from it. 
we are yeah we're already over time but no we're good we're good, we're good. <laughs> so <laughs> just ignore the timer <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah that's where that's i think like examples of um how uh art could be used to distract and maybe there were churches i don't know maybe there were churches at that time that were using the arts to sort of distract sure. a poor message hmm. but that does not mean that art distracts from our god and i think that's hmm. where it depends on the usage of that too where it's like and this is what I think is beautiful about art is that it can explore something that is like an intangible in, in a way that yeah. makes it more tangible for us to understand that you couldn't get any other way. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's one yeah. thing to hear someone tell you a story. It's one something to hear someone really tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's one thing for me like, yes, yeah, so yesterday I went to the store and then some another thing for me like, so... Yesterday, I had this experience and blah, 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 and really, like, guide you through everything. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, that's I where, I, was in, I, th I think yeah. that's where, like, a movie like Silence, which I haven't seen, but I heard Daniel <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. It's like, that's where I think it's great, because it, it reminds me of Job, and that's what, it, that's what I thought of when I was listening to it. It's like, you have all these people removed from the situation, telling you, like, you know, this is, we have Proverbs, very, very simple just good bad bad <laughs> you know good good bad bad mm -hmm. and you have ecclesiastes like well, i don't know i'm gonna philosophize about it a little bit and like bad good good bad sometimes yeah <laughs> and then you have job who's like living this thing he's like check this out though <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we see it what I, what I was hearing when you were explaining this movie was like it's kind of walking you through that like what does real life look like Mm -hmm. And since it's based on a real story as well, yeah, yeah. it's like we see that it's like this is reality. Mm -hmm. And that's a reality that I could never, most likely I'll never experience in my life. It's like I will personally, most likely, 99% of the time, never <laughs> have this experience. But I can watch this movie that was so masterfully made mm -hmm. and have that experience. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's the importance of art. It's like it, it can take you through this journey that you will most likely never have personally yeah i i always say kind of filmmaking is a vehicle for empathy that, yeah um yeah yeah and the way i wanted to phrase that was like through through the arts we can there are certain realities that cannot the best realities honestly that cannot be put into language into words yeah but they can be felt and that is mm -hmm. art art is the vessel for feeling these these things yeah, feeling yeah. these realities like these these mm -hmm. the, the art is a medium for feeling the goodness of God and the beauty of God. So they can be used to point us toward toward the divine and and mm -hmm. it's yeah. wonderful. So I get yeah I, I, yeah I love this topic. It excites it's, me. So I'm I'm kind of a Paul the Builder over here, <laughs> and so I'm like, how do we fix it? <laughs> so like in in for for you, how would you say we look at Christian media? And sure, there are some really, really great pieces, and there's some great musicians even that are creating really good stuff. But then there's like a majority that's like, ah, it's not that good. And I'm picking on Christian Christianity, mm -hmm. Christian media in this sense. We could say the same thing about others, you know, non-Christian art. But in the Christian art, it's like, how do how does how do we fix it? How does it get to a place where right now it's like when someone hears it, they're just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a place where like, oh yeah, that's probably gonna be good. Well, you know, I think that something that art is trying to always do, uh, at least, you know, good art is like it's it is sort of tackling controversial questions and uh, and subjects. And that is definitely something that the Bible does. Right. You know, is mm -hmm. like 
um, a loving, all-powerful creator during a you know war and strife and and horror, you know, like through um the, through the prophets' times and things like that. That um, Christian art, at least in the current state, is trying to provide a forty-minute sermon, you know, into yeah. a two-hour movie with a perfect, you know, nice bow, you know, finishing off the message at the end of the day. And they are a product that is supposed to be used uh, as like a very simple devotional um, sort of device that can be uh, spread through churches. I know that was one of the reasons that um, the the Passion of Christ was like such a popular uh, and financially successful film was that Christians were able to use it to do like devotionals and stuff Mm. and like do um, showings of it at uh, churches. And then... You so with that, that's where you, I think you get the industry of th- films like Pure Flix. What I want to see more of is things like Pure Flix, uh, or any. I think I use them as like because that's just what I they're the go to. Yeah, they're the go to. But any any you know Christian media that sort of falls in that, whether it's music or film or any other medium, um, they are trying to just go to the parts of the Bible that like we you know we think that we clearly understand and we can put a pin in it and it's like this is the message and we're going to make a movie about it i want to see more approaches like silence um which i would put on par of like a book like ecclesiastes or job right where it is like let's explore these ideas in a realistic setting and you know what we might not walk away with a true answer or like a a solid bow but it inspires empathy in these situations and it um it does try and explore them in in attempts of an answer Hmm. um and it's okay to walk away with not something that you can write down in one sentence you know yeah um we we believe in like this being that is indescribable you know incomprehensible and yet uh pastors for Decades, if not centuries, have been trying to distill him down into 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the and indescribable think... God in 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> A series that is 40, <laughs> 40 part sermon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about all of this as well. When I really when I think about it is that. We're trying we're trying to make things too simple. Mm-hmm. Which is it seems to be a theme on our podcast that concept, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's like that's where I think Christian media I'll even go as far as say has failed in a lot of ways. We like mm-hmm. we we've we've missed the original point of like how do you how do you try to take reality, how do you try to take intangibles this something that is so indescribable and try to describe it, mm-hmm. and we've settled with like. Well, there was sorry, Trey. There was a flood, <laughs> and there was a bunch of Noahs, and there were a bunch of a bunch of animals on an ark, and there was a rainbow. <laughs> Done. Yeah. And it's like no, people died. <laughs> like, even if you, yeah. however you take it, it's like we look at the story. It's like this is a grotesque story. It's a <laughs> brutal yeah. story, and we're teaching it to it's children all brutal. the time. It's yeah. the first really? story we teach them. Look at all these happy giraffes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at everybody squeezed on this little arc. We're all good. And, yeah. And that's where I think it's like we're missing that that part of discipleship. And mm-hmm. that's why I think I'm speaking very generally here. It's like we look at churches 
we're so focused on the mega church idea. How do we fit all these people in this big building we created? Yeah. How do we get them all in here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not what are we actually teaching them? Yeah. And, and I think that's where we see this like mass exodus of a lot of people growing up in the church and then leaving. Because they're like, well, you're not dealing with any of the problems I actually have. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we see that's art. That's where that needs to kind of take over more is like, let's try to explore these ideas. You know, these things that people deal with and struggle with that can't really be explained. Let's tr- let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a big effort of saving face, I think, with um. Oh, sorry if you have something to say. Yeah, I, well, I, I want Daniel to talk to mo- mostly. It's, he's yeah. our guest, right? But I do want to say, I think it is, it's a theological problem, and I have no idea how much time we have over here, but it's a theological problem. So we've got like eight problem. minutes left. Annie is telling us to wrap up. All right, I'll give two minutes, minutes, and then minutes, we'll, we'll focus on Daniel completely. Yeah, But I, I do think, I think the Christian media right now is a problem of theology. It is, it is a mm. lack of, it, it's... I don't want, I don't want to just completely berate the evangelical church but there's a lack right. of depth in the evangelical church mm-hmm. right now and yeah. they want to make good feeling movies right and and that's not what we need we need to go we need to be thrown into the depths of the seas and, and to, to experience the the human condition in all of its ways we can't just have mm-hmm. a, a Sunday resurrection movie we need to have the the death on Friday and the complete unknowingness of Saturday like yeah. Our savior yeah. is dead and we don't know if he'll we don't think he'll rise again actually. We're actually really mm. sad because we we have no hope. We are hopeless. And and Christian media right now lacks the hope and, and that's why people like Karl Marx would say stuff like religion is the opium of the masses. It's mm. we come to the faith just to feel good rather than to to actually feel the depths of the human condition. So and, and mm-hmm. it's it's at its peak worst right now, I think. Yeah, there's like this market inefficiency. <laughs> yeah. We have a huge demand for help me deal with these the suffering that I have. And we have <laughs> the supply of Hallmark movies. <laughs> I was going to say I was like the word to describe is Hallmark, you know. Bingo. And um I think that uh Christian theology throughout the centuries as far as I understand it, you know, has tried to grapple with these questions and it is it is sort of a um uh, a conclusion of Protest- like uh, the Protestant evangelical, specifically like U.S. sort of, you know, like you can get very narrow of like our experience of that being very shallow, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. and a lack sure. of depth. But um, historically, and I think this is what gives me hope and uh, gives me inspiration, is that um, it has been the catalyst to sort of start these very theological questions and sort of, you know, there were popes and stuff trying to grapple with them. Um, in the past. And at the end of the day, you know, um, to, to use an outside example is sort of like, again, give us hope is that, uh, in mathematics, I believe in the early 1900s, there was, um, there's a huge debate sort of on infinity and, uh, all these sort of like concepts that were, were kind of unknown. You know, there were hmm. certain people that there were like a split throughout, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, mathematics is known. You know, like that's something that like everyone can agree on. And it's like, no, within mathematics, there was this huge split like a century ago of people like kind of arguing on the concepts of infinity. And there were like very, very like stern beliefs that were made and entire like thesis is wrote, written on like, no, it cannot be this way. It must be this way. 
That's and, wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was oh my gosh when I uh, my I remember my uh, my mathematics tutor in in college and high school and stuff. She always talked about. It. She's like, oh, you think mathematics is like a known you know science? <laughs> she's like, just go to any convention with mathematics or with mathematicians, and she's like, you'll just find all sorts of debate. But from that, from these arguments on infinity, mm-hmm. uh, it birthed, um, you know, computer science. It it was mm-hmm. the foundation for why we have this that's in mm. our hands right now. And so even though there are these concepts where phys- physicists would say that the idea of infinity doesn't exist, you know, it's just sort of a concept, the arguments about it, the debates that have been made about it have birthed like some of the most important, you know, inventions of our time. Mm. And so in that it is important to tackle these ideas like you're saying, it is important to explore them even if to this day, we think, oh, you know, infinity is like this idea that like everybody, you know, every mathematician just sort of, it's a symbol that people write on a whiteboard, right? Mm. It's not. It's still debated to this day. But from it has come so much progress. In that same way, I think there is value in kind of diving headfirst into trying to uh, answer these questions with no answer in sight, right? Mm. You know, that, that like that... um full uh just sort of um uh existential dread or whatever on the saturday you know of like there is i don't see the light yet and i'm trying to figure it out right now there there's absolutely value in trying to explore those ideas and i think so i wanted to finish off the episode sort of talking about good examples of christian media so we've got like one minute left let's close the tab on this all right daniel i'm gonna let you have the last words if you're okay with that trey sure all right, so uh, I did want to use this example because we've we and I knew I was going to do the same thing as like hound on Christian media and lack <laughs> of depth right now. I think um, you know I want to recommend some great artists that people go listen to right now. Um, as far as music is concerned, I think artists like uh, the Gray Havens and Josh Garrels are two good examples of Christian artists trying to create poetry and music that is inspired by Scripture. Um, that, I mean, when I listen to it, I mean, obviously, sometimes it is trying to say something. Of course, it should. Um, but it's not trying to preach. You know, it's trying to to find a beauty in mm-hmm. uh, in the messages from the Bible. And um, so I'd really recommend, again, the Grey Havens and Josh Garrels, I think, are two beautiful examples of that, where I listen to that music uh, outside of like, oh, I feel like, I feel kind of like I need to listen to some Christian media right now. And it inspires me. It creates yeah. a sense of awe in me. Uh, and then as far as films go, I think uh, the number one example right now is Silence by Martin Scorsese. I think uh, anyone who's willing to watch a very difficult and uh, very adult film uh, <laughs> should watch it and study it. Um, just, uh, you know, fair warning there <laughs> going into yeah. that. Um, well, and, so so yeah. where, where, can we, where can we find some of your stuff? Oh yeah, so my stuff, uh, you can check out Get the Picks. Uh, that's the company that I've worked with um, mm-hmm. in Ohio, and uh, we've produced uh, several feature films. Uh, I've been the cameraman, cinematographer on two of them, uh, and they uh, are examples of Christians making media, not Christian media. But um, I think there's mm-hmm. definitely themes in there that you can take away from it, and I would definitely, of course, recommend that you go check them out at uh, getthepics.org. And then as well, you know, with everything we've been talking about, I currently have projects uh, at Crispy Hippo. 
that you can check out, um, including uh, actually a horror film that I'll be working mm. on with another Christian artist. And uh, that tackles very um, nebulous ideas about truth and uh, trying to find your way in an ever-changing world and having a values and a framework, but one that is dynamic and ever-changing um, that mm. uh, will be coming out uh, within the next couple of months. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's some examples. That's cool. Yeah, there's so much left to this topic, I feel like, <laughs> which is always, sure. that's oh, yeah. always, that's always the problem we have with most of these episodes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there's, there's so much more, but I would say you're, you're doing Christian media. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what you're working toward. You might not be a, you know, you are a Christian. You might be making explicit Christian content, mm-hmm. but you're exploring life and you're exploring just the reality that we live inside of, which yeah. I would say is probably one of the most Christian things someone could do. <laughs> so Trey, do you have anything to finish us off with? I just loved having Daniel on the show. That was fantastic. Oh, I'd thank you. Con- like continue this conversation <laughs> in the future. Cause oh, I had yeah, so many dude. more things I wanted to ask him and say, but... there's so much more. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But Hey, thank you so much to maximize digital media <laughs> and Annie Lee for producing this episode. Thank you for Daniel for coming on this and oh absolutely just this is a pleasure talking away and it's a good time we like to jump all over the place and I wish we could go for more I time over like two more hours oh we easily have two more hours in here <laughs> yeah, yeah. but Annie would hate us <laughs> but yeah thank you so much I want to have you on again Trey it's always a and beauty the- to see you. <laughs> It's good to see you guys. Trey, and you're, Trey, we're still you're figuring like this out. out of 10 right now. I'm going to see Trey like in Trey, the flesh pretty soon, which I'm excited yeah. for. Yeah, it's fantastic. I can't wait. And we'll All continue right. it there. Well, so. we'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>